Welcome to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. I'm Steph Rubino. I'm Brendan Walsh. On today's episode, we're exploring one of Brendan's weird obsessions. But before we do that, we just have a little message for you. If you'd like to become a patron of Fat Guy, Jack Guy, just go to patreon.com backslash fatguyjackguy for $3 a month. You can help us become professional grifters. Thank you so much. Let's get on with the show. Fat Guy, Jack Guy. Today I'm really wondering who's going to get the rose. Nice. That's right. <laughs> Folks, today, to get you in the mood for the holiday season, <laughs> I am going to provide the definitive power rankings of the best Netflix dating shows. Wow. That is what we're doing today. Yeah, that's you didn't, <laughs> you didn't ask for this. It's the content... You didn't ask for I, specifically, I brother. didn't ask for this, but I am glad to be here. People are going to want to know yes, they what I think. Know. I think so. Yeah. There is no better dating show expert than you. Thank you. I appreciate I can't that. Think of I'd like for that to be my career, and hopefully this will be the start. <laughs> Before we get into that, let's talk about this Fat Guy Jack Guy preamble. Oh, yes. World we have famous. To. I resisted the urge to watch all of the dating shows on Netflix. For a while. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> but I've watched them all now. Every single one. It felt voyeuristic, staged, and generally fucked up to wallow in the miseries and triumphs of other people's personal business. Because honestly, it is. <laughs> for a long time, I spoke about how stupid it was to watch stage reality nonsense because there were all these beautiful prestige shows created by brilliant minds that didn't involve stupid jerks looking for more Instagram followers. <laughs> However, that was mainly informed by my understanding and limited viewing of The Bachelor, <laughs> a show that is objectively boring and manufactured to generate Ooh. social media stars, essentially. Very divisive I'm comment. I'm coming for The Bachelor. Very divisive comment. Listen, I know it's a popular show. So uh, many people love The Bachelor. It is beloved. It is boring. <sighs> and if you are only watching The Bachelor, you're not getting the best of reality <laughs> dating. Okay? Little did I know. There the best was, of reality. Yeah. If you had told me six years ago, we'd be sitting here. <laughs> the best of, and you, the phrase, the best of reality dating was going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. I don't think I would have bought it. I wouldn't have bought it either, brother. I would have been like, what's going on? But here I am. Here we are. We change, we grow. We grow, and I've grown. <laughs> There's this whole other world of uncensored, raw genuinely Raw. engaging dating shows on our streaming services, specifically Netflix. Thank God for that. There's also a slew of totally scripted, trashy garbage shows that are equally appealing in some ways, and mm -hmm. I'll talk about those, of course. When my girlfriend and I first started dating, we watched HBO Max's F-Boy Island as a goof because it looked like a fun mess. And we have a whole episode about that with yes. Dustin Brookshire. Yeah, you should listen do. to it. Yeah, he dragged the rest of us down into the <laughs> Everyone's got to watch it. <laughs> But that show, F-Boy Island on HBO Max, kickstarted my recent obsession with reality dating shows. I honestly had fun watching F-Boy, and it wasn't much more than that. It was just yeah. fun, right? Yeah, just it's good, just clean fun. fun, yeah. Well, not clean. Good, dirty fun. Yeah. 
And of course, F-Boy Island is somewhat scripted, but it's really funny, and the personalities are hilarious. You have a good time. Yeah. It's, it's also ridiculous. just fun to make fun of them. Yeah. Which that's, I know is mean. But it's a part of it. But that's, they expect you it. You signed up for it, okay? <laughs> so for the past six months, this is how much time I invest in this show. This <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with my this personal This is life. research. <laughs> it's called research. <laughs> Karimi and I have plumbed the depths of multiple <laughs> seasons of Netflix dating shows. Part of this is due to brain rot. <laughs> Other parts are due to depression and burnout. I'm not going to go into the specifics. Of, it's so funny because you basically know? you're saying I only watch dating <laughs> shows I'm because I'm depressed and burnt out. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I like, accurate. <laughs> Why do you think they're so popular? Yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm not going to go into, like, the specifics of both of our lives, but the various sadnesses <laughs> <laughs> that have engulfed our collective experience, not as a couple, but as, like, humans in this world, made us crave <laughs> the simple pleasure of watching strangers connect, implode, or learn to live with their differences. There are many reasons. Sorry. So You're laughing so hard I'm at laughing sadnesses. at the first multiple sadnesses. <laughs> Just because, like, I yeah. feel that. Yeah, it's real. You know what I'm saying? It's real. <laughs> <laughs> so there are multiple reasons why dating shows are so popular, but the obvious one is that they're easy to watch yeah. when so much of our world is not. <laughs> it's not easy to watch the world. Dating shows give you the gamut of human emotion in a low-stakes, digestible tablet. You can just wash that down so with true. a glass of wine. They remind you that we... This complex species capable of literally destroying an entire planet. <laughs> just want to talk, laugh, make out, have sex, and have some nice drinks in a tropical location. I mean, yeah. That's it. Don't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it all comes down to. We can be cruel to those we love, but we also want to be held. We can make terrible, <laughs> self-destructive choices, but we're also kind and sweet to people we barely know. I will not claim that all Netflix dating shows restored my faith in humanity because <laughs> several of them have made me hate people more. <laughs> but these ridiculous shows granted a calm reprieve from a sometimes hopeless void. Wow. So I present to you, brother and brothers, <laughs> the power rankings. Man, really love how you, you really justify. Yeah, I'm trying to justify this. <laughs> it's not because I'm a dumb guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're, this is honestly though that's like what we do all day yeah we're like yeah this dumb thing that i love actually it means this thing let me tell you let why let me tell you why it fucking rules it's true honestly that's just cultural criticism it's true that, then this is what this is yeah cultural criticism yeah. but i'm not gonna pretend that i don't love these fucking yeah, shows you do. it's fine and this hard i mean research. The, the two that you have made me watch and that i have given in and watched enjoyed right yeah i love yeah. them it, it takes like a like a step to make the the plunge yeah. into watching reality dating shows yes. because as a person who considers themselves to be like relatively intelligent and <laughs> want to like spend your time wisely, it doesn't seem like the best choice. It's, it's a good reminder that both we and the people we're watching are dumb yeah. idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's ultimately what it goes down to. It's a very humbling experience. Yes. Everyone involved is a dumb idiot. Every single person. <laughs> so anyway, I've done nine. I should have done ten, obviously. No, it's fine. Nine's but good. whatever. Nine's a lot. 
Nine's a lot. Okay. <laughs> there are shows that did not make the cut, and I'll list them now, and I'm not going to talk about why I didn't watch them, because I don't have to explain myself to you. Fuck you. <laughs> Our listeners? Yeah. Fuck you. So I didn't talk about Are You the One, <laughs> Singles Inferno, and Back with the X. Ugh. That one sounds terrible. You guys didn't make it. That one sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, better luck next time, okay? <laughs> no, never. We're never <laughs> talking about Back with the X. That's <laughs> a nightmare. Although one of my favorites is essentially a Back with the X. But anyway, okay, we'll get okay. to it. So let's start with number nine. Okay. Now this spans the international dating spectrum, which I, I love about my list. And I love about what Netflix has given us. <laughs> and your us. streaming services. <laughs> your multi-billion dollar streaming services. <laughs> my list. I did this. This is my virtue, is that I watch international dating shows. Yeah, you're very cultured. <laughs> I'm a very cultured man. <laughs> Number nine, a reality show from Spain that I just kind of finished watching. It's called Love Never Lies. Mm. I don't know what to do with the Spanish dating show. <laughs> because I love all of the other international dating shows that I've seen. But this high concept dating show <laughs> concept. is really bad. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain the concept to you, okay? That's a thing. It's like all of the dating shows have jumped the shark in some way. Like the best ones are the ones that are just give you people yeah, dating. Yeah, yeah, And the worst ones are like, all right, there's 50 rules <laughs> and like 25 You're different all competing. people. There are hosts that you never see. Anyway, so here it is. There's a bunch of Spanish couples. They're brought to a beautiful villa in Sardinia. Oh, there are already couples. Yeah, there are already couples. Okay. They, go, they show up as couples. And each of them has some kind of trust issue. Mm. The issues might be based on a general insecurity or, more frequently, past infidelities. Mm. All these people are in their early 20s, by the way. They're fairly attractive in a sort of European way. They're asked questions about their relationship through a lie detector. What? Which they call eye detect. Okay. They're like, are you ready to talk to eye detect? Okay. When they answer truthfully, the pot of money that is going to be given to the winners collectively grows. So they start with 40,000 euros. Okay. Okay. If they are deemed to lie, which the eye detect is just like, per it could never be wrong, the <laughs> eye detect, then the pot of money decreases. After the first round of eye detect shit, they're split up. So the couples are split apart. Okay, okay, okay. And one group is introduced to a crop of hot singles <laughs> who want to force the couples to cheat on each other. Oh my God. <laughs> That's really bad. That's really bad. People from the past are just random attractive people are brought in. So sometimes Some people these are from like the past? Exes. Yeah. Oh. They know they are being filmed, these young people, and yet the urge to cheat oh. cannot be denied in some instances. These idiots just can't help it. Oh my God. Remember, they're in like their 20s though. Yeah. They're young. I, I mean, yeah. Then. But if I'm being filmed. You should know, oh, right? I'm certainly not. We're in our 30s. Yeah. <laughs> so as this is happening, the separate group is forced to watch the partners mingle with the single people. What? And like watch their... Spouses like kind of cheat on them oh my gosh. and they freak out and then another eye detect happens and then they're split apart again and then the same group that just freaked out about getting cheated on starts cheating on their exes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, they're together and they keep on like talking about it as if this is like a totally normal thing. They're like, hey, we came here to have fun and the second they start having fun, they freak the fuck out. Okay. As the, the best part about it is the eye detect has this very comical, deep voice. And when it's something is deemed to be a truth, it goes, verdad. <laughs> and when it's a lie, it goes, mentida. 
<laughs> and that's it's like it's awful, but you watch Love Never so Lies because it's win? awful. I don't know. I haven't finished it, and I, we'll probably finish it like this week. It's bad though. I just don't understand how you win. I don't think the conclusion is going to make me Do people drop get this to number off? one. People choose to leave. Okay. Some people choose to leave because it's just too challenging to cheat on your couple, you cheat on your spouse. Yeah, yeah, and then you well, you cheat on them, and then you oh, watch right. them cheat, okay, and yeah, it's, yeah, challenging. it's challenging. Yeah, yeah okay. because you know for some reason that's hard. Huh. Now my last part is: Should you watch it? <laughs> Only if your tolerance for absurdity is very high. I would not recommend this to you. Yeah. As my brother. Yeah. But maybe one of our listeners loves tacky shit more than I do, and they would watch Love Never Lies. Yeah. This is a lot of surveillance for me. It's super surveillance state. Uh. We'll get ready for the next one. You probably heard of this one. Um, Wait, hold on. I just have a question about this. (laughs) It kind of seems like, okay, Love Never Lies is such a weird premise. It kind of seems like they found a bunch of couples who are like, Maybe we could be polyamorous. And then they went and like tested them. They That's kind of like how it feels. It's from so the bizarre because for each of the couples, as we are watching it, we say, just break up. Yeah, like, why don't you, you just break up? You clearly are not working out. You don't want to be together. You want to hook up with other people. Yeah. Just either You're get, also in your early 20s. Who gives a shit? Get into a poly relationship or don't be in a yeah. relationship for yeah. a while. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird that this idea of being in a couple is so powerful for yeah. them that they can't rationalize yeah it. but i guess that is how it that's how it is when you're when you've been with somebody for like longer than three months yeah. all of a sudden you get like this really intense pressure to just keep it up just dive in yeah, yeah. like fuck it it's true number eight very famous show too hot to handle oh, too hot to handle. yeah i've never watched it but obviously but it's not great so too hot to handle <laughs> is the quintessential bad dating show i haven't watched every season but i've seen some of season two and all of season three mm. It's another super high concept okay. show. You can see I don't love the high concept show. Yeah, they're show. all at the bottom. It utilizes hot, young, stupid, sex-obsessed people to make mm. a vague point about love and attraction. Mm. Like, it's okay. trying to make some point here. Here's the premise. A bunch of airbrushed, cosmetically enhanced hotties are recruited onto a dating show that they think is all about hooking up. It's called, like, whatever, Fuckfest Island or something. <laughs> it's set on a tropical now island. that is a show That's I would a watch. good show. <laughs> And the hot people meet in the first episode. And as they're meeting, they're like, oh, man, that person's hot. Can't wait to hook up with them. Sure that the other sexy straight folks are going to start making out immediately. And then there's a fucking twist. Mm. The show is actually controlled by a despotic robot console similar to an Amazon Alexa named Lana that decrees no one can make out, touch inappropriately, or have sex lest the collective cash prize dwindles. Okay. So we have another collective cash prize. People are penalized for hooking up with the idea that any indiscretions lead to a reduction of the potential winnings at the end. The idea is that these people are supposed to withhold carnal desires in the courtship process so that they can develop what they refer to as genuine connection. A favorite phrase of all dating shows. Genuine connection. Genuine connection. Obviously... Not all of these dummies can resist. Just like, just don't make out with these people. <laughs> and the prize money is routinely subtracted. To be fair, how many of us could resist? I, if you're I like, want to fuck someone? <laughs> just like, fuck. Because <laughs> the money is an abstraction at that point. Yeah, the person is yeah, real. The person's real, yeah. And you can have it right now. It's the marshmallow test. <laughs> <laughs> well. You can have this marshmallow now. Honestly, I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably fail that too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Give me the marshmallow. Why can't I fucking eat the marshmallow? 
Zero. Marshmallow's a hottie. Uh, but there's also the idea that like this collective prize money is collective, so you should feel some. Oh, some like community. Yeah, community. But no, no, no none of them know each other. They and develop so... bonds very quickly. Though, oh, okay, right? of course. Yeah, they it's love like each F-Boy other. Island. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, you there's should. There's no reason to care about that community. There's. Like... Yeah. Like, the idea is also that you could potentially win that money at the end because a, yeah. a couple gets to win it. Okay, okay. So season three, which I watched in full, has a bunch of fools. Mm-hmm. But the most obvious fool is, uh, well, two people, this couple, a South African model named Nathan okay. and a Colorado-based model named Holly. And they're both tall, thin, extremely conventionally attractive, mm-hmm. and they just can't resist banging <laughs> Even when they their comrade's cash banging. is on the fucking line, <laughs> they keep on making out. Damn, at that point, you gotta just beat them up. Yeah, I mean, that's like they should have beat the shit out of them. <laughs> like, sorry, they can't stay on the island anymore. They got their asses beat. They're not pretty anymore. So this show, it, it's a fun watch. I'm gonna be honest. The should you watch it? Yes. Okay. You should watch it okay. because to watch these vapid people sort of contend with the premise of the show, which is like, you can't just start fucking everyone you meet. You need to develop a genuine connection. The fact that they're trying to like pretend that they're teaching us something when all we want to do is watch hot people hook up is really funny. Yeah. And the force, the enforced chastity of Lana, (laughs) the horrible robot. And also the various sessions that they have with therapists and life coaches. They have, are, yeah, oh, it's fucking man. ridiculous. Oh, that's amazing. They're like, instead of fucking, why don't you try body painting? And it's like, well, that's sexy too. <laughs> that's sexy, yeah. <laughs> what are you just, talking about? Just doing more sex what? stuff. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, you might as well say instead of fucking, why don't you just jack off in front of each other? <laughs> oh, they're not allowed to jack off either. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do they know if they're jacking off? They not? have cameras everywhere, I guess. In the shower? Yeah, this one guy, um, I think his name was, what was his name? Harry? He uh, jerked off in the bathroom and he got penalized for it. What? I know, he shouldn't have done it. That's, shouldn't have jerked off. That's insane. Yeah, it's they a weird know. show. These people are quite shameless. They're all Gen yeah, this, Zers. This is a lot of um, surveillance, though. It is. These two are like surveillance heavy. I think there's also this... Lack of fear of surveillance among Gen Zers because they just know yeah, it so well. Yeah, because they've grown up with it. They yeah, totally. surveil themselves like we all do, yeah. but they're just very comfortable with it. They don't really think about it as weird. They're just broadcasting their lives anyway. Yeah, that's true. That freaks me out, though. Yep. Okay, let's not talk about that. We're talking so about anyway, shows. Number seven. <laughs> number seven, the first in my entries to the Love is Blind category. Okay. Love is Blind U.S. edition. Okay. So there are several seasons of the Love is Blind U.S. I knew you were going to put the U.S. one at the bottom. It is not my favorite. Yeah. Okay, so my next three shows are all part of the Love is Blind universe. Oh, okay, okay. I'll be real with you and say that my anti-American bias <laughs> certainly plays way. a role. Okay? <laughs> I hate these fucking Americans. Yeah, I just, I, do, I don't like them and that's yeah. why they're number seven here. The reason the U.S. version is my least favorite Love is Blind is mostly because Americans really scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to why they do, specifically <laughs> the men. For those who don't know Love is Blind, here's the concept. It's a reality dating show where straight singles... <laughs> all of these shows are quite... St- oh, actually, no. The Spanish one uh, has some queer couples, okay. which is cool. They date without seeing each other. So they speak through a wall in what they call pods... They're individual pods. Oh, that's the whole thing? I didn't even yeah. know that that was what was with Love is Blind. That's what it is. Okay. And so they develop these intense connections 
seeking to prove the premise that love is blind. Okay. And this premise is absurd because... Entirely absurd. Once the two singles agree to be engaged in the dating show way, which is not like a real engagement, but they're like, like, what? Do you want to get married? And then they're like, yeah, I love you, person's voice. They meet in real life immediately after that and go on a honeymoon. They're all in person after the the blind category. So the idea is that you develop the connection without knowing what they look like. And then you're supposed to see if that is a real connection or not. And then they're always saying, oh, love is blind. Like if it works out in the end, it's like, no, because you met them and saw them after. (laughs) So like you like them because you met them in real life, not because of the pods. At the end of this pod period, they go on this honeymoon and then they have this simulated marriage for three weeks. It's a very long, I think it's like a six week process. At the end of this period, there's a staged wedding where the remaining couples must decide in front of people they actually know, like their fucking parents and friends, if they'll get married. Married? Yeah. Which, like... Legally? I mean, like, dating show style. Okay, I hope they're not really signing papers. I don't know if they all are. I don't think it's very common. Some of them may end up getting married. Yeah. The final reveal is great television because it's really embarrassing and awkward when someone says no. It's really fucked. It's really sad. But boy, oh boy, do we love it. I mean, hey, it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they know to say no. You had to have a three-week simulated marriage after knowing this person for a week. Like, Like, yeah. Probably not going to like everybody. Probably not like that person either. It's not fair to say that I don't like this one because Americans are scary. But (laughs) there is a brand of American male that is truly terrifying because there's this latent violence beneath them Mm -hmm. that in the pods doesn't really come out but once they start becoming weirdly protective of their woman or whatever it's like oh fuck like these people are scary (laughs) in season three there are a couple scary dudes specifically there's a dude named andrew who plays this role of like a millionaire playboy and it's really tryhardy and it's awkward and annoying he like does eye drops at one point to like simulate crying and they had it all on camera (laughs) there's also a few dudes who really suck at trust intimacy and open-mindedness there's a young gentleman named bartice who cannot resist telling his lady how he isn't attracted to her physically he says it over and over and over again because once he meets her, he realizes, like, he's not into her, but he, like, wants to continue to go along. And he's like, I'm just not really into you physically. Oh, and this other chick that I talked to in the pods, so hot. She's what? so hot. Oh, my God. He says this every day, and it's humiliating because she holds on, right? She she wants to, like, create that connection that they had in the pods, but that doesn't exist yeah, because doesn't exist. love isn't blind, yeah. folks. Yeah. It's not. That's insane. Yeah. Should you I watch would just it? beat him up. Yeah, Bartiz is... <laughs> He's young. He's like a 25-year-old. You know, he's an idiot. All, he's a dummy. All the nicer guys, the ones that are like, I don't know, somewhat normal, because none mm-hmm. of these people are normal, but like somewhat yeah. normal, need to gang up on the really bad ones. Beat their asses. <laughs> yeah. It is also funny, we noticed watching it, that the men in the American season were really respectful to one another, but when it came time to talk oh, to yeah. their like, spouse, they were dicks. That totally makes sense. This one dude got so drunk so often. Because they're drunk like the whole time, of course. Why wouldn't you be? And he just brought out all of this past relationship trauma and put it right on this girl that he was with. And it was scary. Like the look in his eyes was that like abusive boyfriend look in his eyes. And you want them to like realize that. But but they don't. They don't. Because this is like 24 year olds and shit. Should you watch it? 
This is a big maybe for me. <laughs> it's not necessary because you can watch the international versions, which I'll talk about in a moment. But if you need to see Americans do Love, and Bl- Love is Blind in an American way, mm. then yes. This would not be the starter, is what you're saying. This not at not all. This is not the starter pack. I have just the starter Love is Blind Love for is you. Love is Blind starter pack. Agreed. Yes. It better be Love is Blind Italy. Goddamn. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> They're, I'm sure they're going to make it soon because that would be... Oh, that would be a mess. That would actually probably be a lot like the one I'm about to talk okay. about. <laughs> Number six, Love is Blind, Brazil. Okay, yeah, probably would be very similar. So I watched Love is Blind, Brazil after I watched Love, and Bl- Love is Blind, Japan, mm. which is my favorite Love is Blind, because I knew the cultural contrast would be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And it is. For one thing, the couples in Brazil almost immediately declared their love in the pods. Mm-hmm. Incredibly passionate. I don't want to stereotype, but like they went into it. <laughs> Probably just like they Italy. did it. You're not serious. <laughs> you can go watch it. And these, it's fair. these Brazilians, they talked about sex like right at the start of their potting. They're just like, what kind of fucking sex Honestly, do you like? Fair enough. Yeah, totally fair. Get to the point. And then when they have their first meet, when they get finally get to see the person that they're going to be with, they just start making out and groping each nice. other. Nice. It's great. <laughs> Most boned their first night together. It was just what I hoped it would be, which was this hyper-passionate train wreck, which some of the couples really turned out to be. <laughs> the couples that started out with the most intensity ended up fizzling of out by course. the end. Of course. Yeah, of you know, That's just science. It's just how it works, folks. That's literally how it works. Because expectations barely ever match right. a reality. And this whole show is about expectations. What are they going to look like? What is it actually going to be like to be with this person rather mm-hmm. than just talk to them from behind a wall for like 20 <laughs> minutes? So there's some quasi-interesting discussions of misogyny and race in Brazilian society alongside the standard dating show chaos and character slash relationship development. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that part. For instance, there was a black couple and they talked about race and in kind of a vapid way, but at least they were talking about it. They were talking about, about it, it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. There was definitely discussions of misogyny because there is a straight up misogynist mm-hmm. dude on this show and he makes no bones about talking about how misogynist wow. he is. Wow, okay. Yet, for some reason, the his woman, who is really dope, Still likes him. I feel like he's throwing out some red flags. Again, we're talking about science. We're talking about (laughs) science, folks. (laughs) And this is proven over and over again. Somehow that just happens. If you're a bastard. (laughs) Somehow that just happens. My favorite part of Love is Blind Brazil is this roller coaster relationship between Iranian immigrant Cheyenne Mm. and super hot Brazilian model Ana Prado. Mm -hmm. They start so hot. And their crumble. Absolutely watching beautiful. Their crumble, watching, watching their crumble. crumble. It was the most invigorated I've felt. It was felt delicious. In weeks. It made me feel Watching alive. these people turn on each other. It was great. It was really great. So should you watch Love is Blind Brazil? I would say... Uh, probably. If you're interested in how dating and relationships contrast in various cultures, then yes. I would suggest a pairing of <laughs> Love is Blind Brazil and Love is Blind Japan. Okay. And I would leave US out. If you have limited time, you say, I only have one life, I can yeah, only watch I'm two not, Love is Blinds. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> can't be watching all this fucking Love is Blind. <laughs> Maybe instead of like being a sommelier, I can pair dating shows. Yeah, that'd be sick. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Or I compare a dating shows. A shomelier. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. New career. Right. <laughs> Let's 
go. That's a good joke. All right, number five. You know what it is, folks. It's Love is Blind Japan. <laughs> Let's go. Love is Blind Japan offers a profound cultural contrast to Brazil and the United States. The cast of the Japanese version is sweeter, more polite, and more concerned with the realities of a romantic relationship. You don't get the vibe that these people are here for, like, Instagram clout. They right. seem like normal-ass people. What's weird is that I started with Love is Blind Japan, so my expectations for the other versions were skewed. There is no hooking up on Love is Blind Japan. I mean, yes, that makes sense from what I know. Yeah. Nary a kiss, really. It's all about cooking meals, having Aww. long discussions about complicated topics, and seriously assessing if their futures together are possible. Weird relationship dynamics exist here as well, but the dynamics seem more tempered by mutual respect and understanding. There are, like, disagreements and all that shit, but there's no fucking blowouts. Yeah. It just felt safer to me mm -hmm. that these people respected each other. Yeah, yeah. As opposed yeah. to some weird something else going on. My favorite people in Love is Blind Japan, if I had to choose one couple, <laughs> well, I'll choose two. First one is Wataru. He's a bilingual businessman who loves Midori, mm. who is his match. Wataru is not at all what Midori thought he would look like. He has a really sexy voice, mm. but he's kind of like frumpy looking. Aww. He's not what Midori finds to be attractive, which creates a weird thing where Midori's like, you need to start working out. Like, you oh, need no. to cut your hair. But he Midori. does all of the things. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does so much. And in that way, he kind of reminds me of like a younger me mm -hmm. in that puppy dog will do anything for his lady kind of thing. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate. Yeah, we can all relate to that. Yeah. Even though he's like 38, but you know. <laughs> That's another thing is that the people in Love, in Love is Blind Japan are much older than the other ones. I have a feeling that has something to do with their dating culture yeah, in general. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they're like ready to because start dating. they're not thinking about... They're not like us where we're like obsessed with it from when we're 16 years old. Yeah. In fact, many places are not like us, no. but yeah, they're, they're not like us at all. Yeah. The second couple that I loved, a little bit younger, it was bad boy hairstylist. Bad boy. Ryotaro and his sweetie pie, Matomi. <laughs> and they were an absolutely perfect match from the beginning. Wow. I don't want to spoil okay. anything, but they, they stay together. Okay. Um, watching their relationship is this true pleasure. The funniest part is that um, Ryotaro, the thing that makes him a bad boy is that his hair is dyed blonde. Wow. But he's like a hairstylist. Yeah. And everyone was like, whoa, when I saw him, I didn't realize he was such a bad boy. <laughs> it's like, he's a he's really... breaking the rules <laughs> so of society. Nice. He's just like a sweetie pie who likes really like cooking dinner and shit together. It's very cute. He never stops eating too. He's yeah. always eating. Somehow... I do, I do like the combination of Japan and Brazil because you get... I mean, I just feel like you need balance. Like, yes, you want to do, like, cutie pie shit. But mm -hmm. also, yeah, you want to, like, fuck your faces up. Yes. Like, you just need a balance. Agreed. And that was what made me enjoy this yeah. combo, this contrast. Because they feel like polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say, like, oh, these two countries are the most opposite country. But no, when you no, think about dating culture, that, at least. Just the way that they're being portrayed in the show. It's not like, we're, we're not making judgments on their entire culture. But just the way that these people are interacting on the show yeah yeah there isn't anyone that i didn't like in love is blind japan it's full of good folks and would i recommend it absolutely okay if you got to choose one i will consider you might enjoy yourself i think you're gonna like it i will definitely consider so yeah definitely check out love is blind japan now we're getting into the top four these are the shows that these are your top these, top these come with a hard recommendation <laughs> 
These are absolute yeses. <laughs> Except I'm pretty sure I watched. I'm sure I watched one of them. You have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Number four, a little-known show that is a real gem in the dating show world. It's called Dating Around. Okay. Dating Around is the purest and realest dating show on Netflix because it doesn't have any bells and whistles or obscure hijinks or anything. It's just regular people on dates. <laughs> Each episode follows one individual on five separate dates at the same locations and the scenes cut between conversations, drinks, meals, awkward moments. Oh, yeah. So yes. They, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, because I th think that... For the next season, we were at a restaurant they were filming Dating Around. Really? Yeah. No way. Yes. Oh, that would be exciting yes. if I got another season we of Dating Around. We walked in and they were clearly filming a dating reality show. Mm -hmm. And just the way that it's set up, I remember my friend being like, I think that's Dating Around. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's beautifully shot and it has a great sense of place. The first season is set in New Orleans, which I yeah. know you would love. Yeah. And the second is in New York. So you get all of these interesting regionalized conversations. Like they don't cut any of that out. They're cool. talking about like, you know, things that they like in the city and streets and all of that shit. And all these cool set pieces. So if you know the cities that they're in or you've always thought about going to the cities that they're in, they're in cool places and you like it. Who picks out the dates? I think it's probably staged by the producers. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right, right, right. And hey, they get... That person that goes on the date gets like five free meals yeah, and drinks. True. It's kind of set as like drinks before the meal, the meal, and then like the after dinner cocktail. So is each episode one person going on five dates? Yep. Yeah. And then they pick the person that they want to be with. Yeah. And then okay. they pick the one at the end. So there's the scene where the, they meet up with the person. It's never who you think it is. And I think that might have a lot to do with just because it's reality. Right. And so someone that seems like you interact with them on a great date, maybe you texted them after and it just fizzled out. Yeah. So I kind of like that. It's more about, it feels real. It feels right. real in a way that the other ones are obviously not because they're yeah. super high concept. <laughs> it's also queer friendly, Cool. you know, yeah. and it feels like this really modern examination of dating culture. Interesting. Okay. And they talk about what it's like to date in the modern world and stuff too. Which season was better than the other? Uh, I liked season one. I okay. liked the New Orleans one. There's some really great scenes, people trying to like decide if they want to like make out on camera. Like that's, you don't see that <laughs> yeah, in the other that's shows. True. You know, the other ones, they're just fucking going they're for it. They're there to make out. What are the ages, the median age? There doesn't seem to, I mean, people it's in there. It's kind of like up and down? Yeah, like late okay. 20s, 30s. I think okay. there was even a guy in, in his 40s. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, there are some older, older gay people too. It was cool. cool. It's a cool show. Definitely recommend. It's a good vibe show. It flies under the radar, I think, because it's not loud and ridiculous. Right. It's not memeable in any way. The conversations are not, like, shocking. Right, right. People say dumb shit. Like, if you're going on a date with a straight man uh, and five of them, you're going to get a one idiot. <laughs> one right? of them is going to be a dumb At least. Probably, probably three. Probably three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you stole the words from me. Yeah. All the featured people on the show are likable. Not all the dates, but all the featured people. You get the idea that these are real, interesting, cool people who just kind of wanted to go on five free Netflix dates. I know there were a few actors and people in the entertainment industry that were a part of it, but for the most part, you get real people. It doesn't feel like there's much producer intervention as well, okay, which you will not cool. get in a lot of these dating shows. Yeah. They drink a bunch, eat a bunch, talk about some nice stuff, and sometimes they make out, which is really what you like about dating. Yes. When a date goes great. well, that's what you that's do. That's great. Right? That's a great date. That's all you want. 
Would you watch their, should you watch the show? Absolutely, you should. <laughs> it's low key, it's relaxed, it's only a 30 minute show, it's not gonna take up all your Great. time. And it's realistic. And Sounds it, good. It makes you both miss dating and also happy that you don't have to yeah, like, yeah, go on yeah. a date with a bunch of, of people. Because you never know what you're gonna get, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> it's true. All right, top three. Here we go. Number three, this was hard to choose between two and three, but I am going with Indian matchmaking. Okay. What a show. (laughs) I would call this more of a docu-series than a dating show, but it is ultimately about dating. Indian matchmaking rules because it's as much about exploration of how dating, love, and marriage exists in a cultural context as it is your standard dating show shit, which it still has plenty of. The show follows a professional Mumbai-based matchmaker named Seema Taparia, who works with Indian families in India and the U.S. to facilitate dating and eventual marriage matches. Okay. Although the show contains a bunch of interesting people, Seema is the real star, <laughs> the matchmaker. She's respected the by... Star. Yeah, she's the star. It's great. Yeah. It's really just a show about Seema yeah, at the end of the which day. Which is great. Everybody respects her. She is beloved by you know, these super rich people that she works with, but also some of these more middle-class people in America. Mm-hmm. They, like, touch her feet when she walks in, which is, like, this show of respect. Most of the people that she works with are insanely wealthy, though. Because, okay. you know, they're hiring a professional yeah, hiring matchmaker. Seema yeah. Auntie. Is Seema in a relationship? Yeah, she's married. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. all right, okay. I mean, she was in an arranged marriage, like, you know. And all these people's parents were part of arranged marriages for the most part. Okay. So they have this understanding that this works. Okay, so it is, it's arrangements. It's like not, it's not like matchmaking, like you get to, so American matchmaking would be you hire somebody to like find people for you. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like that. But there's no guarantee, like if you don't like the person, then you could say no. Yeah, yeah. In this case, you can say no. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's it's modern matchmaking. Yeah, it's more, yes, it's not arrange situations like mm-hmm. where two people are picked and like that's it yeah and there are interstitials where you have older indian couples like sitting on couches in harry met sally mm-hmm. fashion mm-hmm. and they're talking about their arranged marriages like they're legit i didn't know i was yeah. marrying him until i saw him right on the altar that yeah, day yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're all together and it's like you know 40 years 50 years whatever yeah there's definitely something to be said yeah about that it's interesting you know but hey, I don't it think it. I, yeah, I don't think it doesn't work. That's for sure. It certainly works better than how we do it. <laughs> yeah. So Seema walks into these family homes and she holds court. She dispenses pieces of paper with information about all of the potential matches. These sheets, which are called biodata, okay. and everybody knows it, bio-data. they're incredibly important. They're like hard copy dating profiles, but it's a single sheet. Mm-hmm. You have a photo some personal values, the occupation, location, hobbies. And from these sheets, they only are allowed to pick one at a time. And Seema's very- Okay, that makes sense. She says, hey, you can only choose one because I don't want you fucking thinking about a whole bunch of other Mm -hmm. people. I don't want to give you options. I want you to invest fully in this person. Mm -hmm. She has a bunch of rules also, and she (laughs) bases some of her predictions off of like, a prediction of a Mumbai mystic that she just seems like he's just kind of in like a strip mall or something. And he looks at a piece of paper and, and he just says shit like, yeah, I think he's going to be married in six months. And she's like, oh shit, we better get going. <laughs> a lot of it is based off of like signs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of mysticism involved here. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. How long do 
is like the test of seeing how, that they want to be with this person. It depends. The Americans will take a lot of time and they'll clearly be doing other things. You check back in like every once in okay. like a few months or whatever. And it seems like the Indian couples based in India were quicker to get Say married. Say yes or no or yeah. get married. Okay. Yeah. After dating. Has anybody on the show said no to the person that they picked from the bio data sheet? All the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the time. They okay, pick, so they go they on date. a few dates and then it's like, no. Honestly, you rarely see a marriage in Indian matchmaking of the two seasons. Huh. I think maybe two marriages, but for the most part, it's a lot of dating, a lot of misses. Cool. Okay. And people in the United States are dating people fucking across the country. Well, yeah. Because they're matched that. in that way. Yeah. And they have very specific requirements. There's one super hot lady who is Guyanese, mm -hmm. and that is apparently a problem. Because she's Guyanese Indian as opposed right, to as India opposed Indian. To Indian. Yeah. So she had apparently faced like a lot of issues with that in the past. So she had to like check that they were okay with her being Guyanese. That was like mm. a part of the bio data thing. Mm -hmm. and she was very excited when there was like another Guyanese person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it didn't work out for her, but you oh. know, she got she got tooled around Maybe by some guys. Maybe another one will come up. I think it's going to work yeah. out for her because yeah. she's like super fine <laughs> and cool. <laughs> so Seema will tell people when they're annoying. She'll tell people when they're being wow. too picky. There is an awful woman on the show who I'm not going to name, but she is like one of the worst people ever. <laughs> and Seema is just like, I think she's like really annoying and really picky. And she needs to like stop because all she does is criticize. Like she, mm. she you can tell that she gets it from her mom. Yeah. The family dynamics in Indian matchmaking make it an incredible show because you get to see like everybody's parents. There's these weird, awkward meetings on the first date where you have to meet everybody's family. It's the first interesting. date? Yeah. The first day, you come in, you meet everybody's family. It's awkward, and then you take them out for like I don't know a drink. Jeez, yes, yeah. it's it's high pressure stuff. It could not be me. It's not, dude. It's that's not why, me at all. Thank God that that's the one battle God didn't give yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the other ones, but not yeah. this one. For lovers of language, also the code switching in Indian matchmaking oh, yeah, is I'm reason sure. enough to watch. For me, I love it. It's beautiful to see this like code switching between Hindi and English and you know, various incarnations of English that occur when you're talking about, like, you know, the English-speaking world. Yeah. It's captivating. Should you watch Indian matchmaking? Absolutely yes. Wow. High okay. recommend. It's fun. It's ridiculous. It's not heartbreaking in a way that some of the, the second one that I'm about to talk, mm -hmm. to talk about is, but it does give you, like, moments where you're like, aw, like, right. you know, you feel for these people, you love these people. Yeah. Even the woman who I said is the worst person in the world, like, I do feel sorry for her. It's not her fault. You want her to succeed. I want her to do well, yeah. but I need her to change I, her attitude. You need to chill out. <laughs> she needs to fucking <laughs> chill. Fucking chill. <laughs> yeah. Stop being so picky. Yeah, she's so picky. Ready for number two and I'm number ready. one? You know what number one is, but... I do? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So then, yeah, I do. Number two, this one is a real fucking, it's just, a, it's a, a blow up. Uh-oh. It's called The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On. What? It only has one season so far, but they are shooting a second season. I know that because my sister lives in Charlotte, and that's, and that's where, where they're shooting shoot it. it. Okay. This one was shot in Austin, I believe. The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On. These are already couples. These are already couples. It is the most dramatic and real ass show on my wow. list. If you want to see awful conversations between couples sure. that do not work. Here's the convoluted premise. Are you ready? <laughs> this is also kind of high concept. <laughs> so you have a group of straight couples. One partner has given the ultimatum to the other one. You have to marry me or we're going to break up. 
The series begins... Don't like this already. Yeah, it's not great. Okay? <laughs> it begins by putting all these couples together, and they're in, like, a fancy Austin hotel. And you get to see their dynamics. And then they are broken up to date the other people within the group. So they're doing intergroup dating. Okay? It's fucked up. Yeah. After this period of dating, the individuals have to decide which person from another couple they want to have a trial marriage with. So they choose, they engage in the trial marriage by living together for three weeks in an apartment and like living their real lives where they go to work and stuff. And then they go back to their original partner for another three weeks and then they decide if they want to get married. I know, it's high concept. And it must be like eight weeks of shooting. Like, it's a lot of but shooting. break up! <laughs> yeah, I know, just I don't, You don't need to do all this. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a fucking journey, too, because you have so many phases of this show, and you kind of lose, like, what happened in which How phase. How do the producers, like, not lose their minds? They must love it. Or they're dumb idiots. Like, I would be <laughs> losing my fucking mind it's recording awful. this show. Yeah, it's really rough. And it's really clear early on that some of these couples are just combustible trash receptacles. It doesn't stop them from idealizing their failing relationships. Always like, oh, I I know that it's hard, but I just love them so much. And it's like, I don't know if you do, right? There are some really strange and intimate things that happen in the trial marriages. The, The first one. I bet. There are uncomfortable truths revealed. There are moments of the worst relationship drama. And if you've ever been in a relationship with like those hard conversations, the second half of this show is just those hard conversations and it fucking hurts, (laughs) but it's so good. It's one of the only dating shows where I was watching it with like my mouth agape because (laughs) of the shocking things that couples say and do to each other. It reveals how messy relationships can be, how cruel we act to the ones we love and, of course, that, like, sparkling possibility of the early stages of a romance right. when they have those first trial right. marriages. They're like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's high-octane yeah. drama, and I love it. In their first trial marriages, do they get to, like, hook up with them? There's a little bit of hooking up. Okay. There's no fucking, as far as I know. But, yeah, okay. there's, like, you know, hmm. making out and stuff. Interesting. It's interesting. Okay. It's not not interesting. And then the hard conversations are about, did you fuck that person? Did yeah. you make out with that yeah. person? There's did you like, like her better than me? Did there's you like him better than me? Yeah. Whatever. It's bad. Ugh. I'm going to name the worst person this on like this show. This is like emotional labor. It is. To watch this it show. It is, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. The worst person on this show, and I will name her. <laughs> her name is Alexis. And she's this blonde lady who gets no interest from the other men. Her boyfriend is really sweet, and she treats him like fucking trash, and then she blames everybody else, and she thinks she's, like, so hot and just the best. And when she gets shut down, there's, like, this coping mechanism where her and her boyfriend just immediately propose to each other, and they leave the show. It was a very strange situation. That is weird. Yeah, it was weird. She was awful. Best moment of this show is there's a fallout between a couple named April and Jake when April goes through his phone and sees a video of a woman twerking. Was Absolute. It the, was it the trial marriage? It was. Yeah. Oh, shit. Ray. And she was like way hotter than <laughs> April. It's wild to see how Im- immature and controlling people are in relationships. Yeah. And you see that from the outside. And then you maybe reflect on things that have happened in your past. You're like, wow, that is so crazy that that happened to me. Yeah. And that I wasn't just like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, this yeah. needs to end right now. Yeah. 
for two people pleasers like ourselves, yeah, that's probably a little scary to watch. It is rough, but I really yes. recommend it. <laughs> I already know that let people get away with a lot of things. Yeah, and it's you know? hard. It's hard. Ugh. They're just completely combustible couples. Okay, I would recommend this with the caveat that if you cannot handle immature people in very immature relationships making intense decisions about the yeah. future of their lives, then don't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Steer clear. As if, like, nothing could be fixed. After. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Like, this is just eight weeks. Like, it's... eight weeks out of your whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you get the idea that this kind of conversation that they have is happening... All the time. Yeah, I'm that sure they're it just is. fighting yeah, constantly. I'm sure, it is. I'm sure it is. Like, why do you want that? You're 24. Like, yeah. go out and do yeah, something especially else. Especially if they're in their 20s, it's just like break up. Just you yell that Who at the screen. Who cares? <laughs> like, there's a lot of us saying that the whole time. <laughs> and some interesting decisions made about I, who to I get bet. married to. Oh, I bet. Oh boy. All right, number one. You know it. I know it. Great show. Love on the uh, spectrum. I was hoping. Three seasons of this gem. Oh, man. I've only seen the one, but... It's so great. It's so good. Love on the Spectrum explores the world of dating and relationships for people on the autism spectrum. The first two seasons are an Australian docu-series, although they advertise it as a reality show, but, like, it's a docu-series. And they're set in Australia. The third season is set in America, and it features American couples. In each of the seasons, we see how people on the spectrum confront the awkward reality of dating and falling in love but these people are so kind they're so unique they're loving and they're just wonderful fucking people and very funny they're so funny and awesome and you cannot help but just like truly fall in love with each of these characters yes not a one person you don't like on this show there are people that are harder to watch yeah there are people that are harder to watch just for the awkwardness and like secondhand embarrassment of some of it yeah because they, it's not like they're making mistakes that are just limited to people who are on the spectrum. Yeah, no, not they at all. They make mistakes that just like all of us do. Yeah, it just happens and in a different like, way. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, one thing that made me scared of the show initially, initially made me like not watch it right away was the potential for people to watch it and make fun of the subject. Yeah, I was worried about that too. I didn't want to participate in something that wasn't fully invested in the compassion and humanity of people on the autism spectrum. But once I took the plunge, couldn't get away from this. Yeah, thing. you can tell that the producers like care about these oh, people yeah. very deeply. It's it's love. This is a love yeah. thing. Like they love their characters and they love that their characters want to like fall in love with yeah. other people. There's no other dating show that loves its characters like this. There are no bad guys. There are no, no. temptresses. <laughs> It's just people who want to find love who happen to be on the autism spectrum. As you said, it's really funny without being mean-spirited at all. No, no. It's sweet without being cloying or patronizing. And I just, like, can't say enough good things about love on the spectrum. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) It seems wrong, but I have to pick my faves from each of the seasons, okay? I mean, I got faves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, you got a fave. (laughs) And, you, you know, all these people are my faves, but there are a few of them that I actually think about on a regular basis, like when I'm doing something. I'll remember stuff. Same. So from season one, which is set in Australia, there's a gentleman named Andrew. He's a really skinny, sweet guy. And we are introduced to him when he makes a sex on the beach cocktail. Nice. And he takes a sip of it and he goes. (laughs) Um, He loves to talk about starting a family and he loves talking about what people's jobs are. Okay. And he also loves puzzles. He's really sweet. The date that he goes on looks like fun. There's an activity. It's a great thing. 
Season two, I gotta go with Ronan Souza. <laughs> Just the cutest cutie pie of all time. He loves cars. He has a relationship with Katie which is just all love and wholesomeness, kind of reminiscent of Subod, who is my favorite yes. in season one. Once you hear Ronan speak, you want to hear him say everything because he speaks with like a breathy, sort of slow voice and an Australian accent, of course. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. Season three, guy I think about probably every day. Yes. <laughs> Subod. Uh. <laughs> Subod is a mathematics genius. Mm-hmm. Who loves thinking about international travel, yeah. honeymoons, and airlines. He loves thinking about honeymoons. <laughs> he loves honeymoons. <laughs> he loves the concept and of And you know what? Subod says it like it is. He does. Okay. Oh my god. Subod for president. <laughs> when he tells his mom to shut yeah. up. He's like, are you done best. talking now? <laughs> it's the best. Subod's dates with Rachel did restore my faith in humanity yes, to an truly. extent. And him pulling Rachel's chair out way too far from the table. <laughs> Is simply the best thing ever. <laughs> and then when he tells Rachel that he needs to change the subject because he doesn't know how he to talk about TV shows. Yes. He just says it. He just says it. <laughs> and Rachel's also like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Sure. She's like, all right, yeah, I'll yeah. change the subject. There's no hard feelings. There's like no. No. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you don't know how to talk about it. All right, let's talk about some, <laughs> talk about some other fine. shit. <laughs> <laughs> just the best dates. Yeah. I love Subodan. Subodan is... One I know you have a two. favorite, yeah. Yeah, James is my favorite. James, man. James is my favorite, but Subod is a close second. Yeah, James is really awesome. James is amazing. He's obsessed with medieval stuff. When he's at that medieval fair. Uh, he dresses, he full on dresses for the Renaissance fair. And when he talks to the people in character. Yes, uh. he like knows how to talk to them. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, he's and a great guy. he is, he lives with his parents and he... It's just always, like, he has a really funny relationship with his parents where, like, they're trying to kind of baby him a little bit still, but also give him his independence, and he is clearly trying to, like, seek out his independence, and I love it that he still depends on them for some stuff. Yeah. Like, when he loses, he loses his checkbook at one point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they all have wonderful relationships with their parents. Yeah, their parents are great. Everybody's parents are amazing on that show. Yeah, I mean, truly, they've clearly like chosen to be really good people and parents for their kids, yeah. or maybe like that forces you to be like a good parent, or forces you to be an asshole. I think yeah, I think it'd go either way, <laughs> but I think way. we're lucky on Love on the Spectrum. We just see the nice ones. Yeah, we just see the nice guys, <laughs> like Subod's dad crying when he brings. Oh Rage. yes, that oh, was very cute. That was the best. That was very cute. Yeah. That was very cute. So. Should you watch Love on the Spectrum? Yes. Yes. Obviously, you should. If <laughs> you, you should. haven't watched it already. Yeah, I think it's great. You're a jerk if you haven't. <laughs> you need to relax. <laughs> you said fuck you to them at the beginning. Now you're saying you're a jerk. I'm if becoming you a shock jock. <laughs> you're becoming, you're, we're just pivoting yeah. entirely. The bad boys of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Two teachers. We pretend to hate our listeners. You pigs. Wow. Brother. Six months worth of research. I think it was worth it for this it episode. It was fucking worth it. It was worth it, Now man. you know. Now they know. I know. I know where to go. Should I do a recap real quick? Yeah. Right. Go not Go nine through one. All right. So nine through one. First is Love Never Lies from Spain. That's number nine. That's not nine. first. That's number yeah. nine, yeah. <laughs> not very well spoken by me. Last is Love Never Lies. Number eight, Too Hot to Handle. Any of the seasons, they're all the same to me. Seven, Love is Blind U.S. Six, Love is Blind Brazil. Five, Love is Blind Japan. Four, Dating Around. Check it out. 
Three, Indian matchmaking. Two, the ultimatum, marry or move on. <laughs> Long fucking title on that one. And then, of course, one is Love on the Spectrum. Any of the three seasons are worth it. It's That's great. it, folks. Power rankings. Power rankings. If it's you want to step it up and it's you're a producer, all of them on Netflix. Step it up. Yeah, you can watch any of them. Netflix, pay us. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Netflix commercial. <laughs> So most of you probably have access to these, so that's great. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, brother. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you check out these shows. If you're a patron, you can go on Patreon and message us and let us know if you watch any of these and how you liked it. We'd love that.